Merry Christmas. This is the time of year where many of us would love to make our families disappear. And when they do, we run around the house with glee and joy and scream and play. If that's you uh, this, this Christmas holiday season, um, welcome to Home for the Holidays, a series where we talk about family and we try to equip and we, we talk about tools and ways that we can be ready to be home for the holidays. That's why we call it that. Um, I want to start today and set up this morning with a story. And this is a story about my best friend in high school named Brandon. It's actually a story about Brandon's car. Um, in Brandon's car was like a late 80s um, brown Chevy Cavalier with like crushed red velvet interior. You guys can picture that. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of head nods here. And because of the shade of brown that this sedan was, we had effectually nicknamed it the turd. <laughs> and we loved the turd, but we called it the turd nonetheless. And um, Brandon, when he got his license, Brandon was kind of a loose cannon. Um, he actually got the turd airborne in my driveway somehow. <laughs> That's, that's my dad. It's no joke. He was furious. Um, that's a story for a different day. But um, months after Brandon got his license and he was driving the turd, maybe six, eight, nine months after he got the license, um, the, the turd broke down. And so he called the mechanic and it actually had to get towed because it just wouldn't run. And the mechanic took it into the shop and, and um, diagnosed it and did diagnosis and stuff like that. I don't know what I'm talking about, obviously, <laughs> when it comes to that. And uh, called Brandon and he said, hey, Brandon, I think I know what's wrong with the turd. Well, he probably didn't call it the turd, but um, <laughs> when's the last time you changed the oil? And Brandon replied with this, change the oil? <laughs> Question mark. Or he, he didn't know you're supposed to change the oil and evidently the turd had a small oil leak and had completely run out of oil. And uh, what happened is inside the engine of the turd, the gears and the parts that were made, designed for one another, without oil ended up destroying one another because of the heat and the friction that built up and the turd died and that was the end. We had a funeral for him and everything. Now, here's, here's my point. Without oil, parts that are designed for each other can actually end up destroying each other. And this is something we understand and we can see very clearly in the world of mechanics that we're in danger of missing completely when it comes to relationships. See, the same thing that happened to the turd can happen in relationships as well. And, and maybe, maybe you've experienced this firsthand where you were dating somebody, and it was just like, man, it seems like we just fit, like there's chemistry between us, like, like the, you know, it's, there's some fizz, and uh, they make me feel awesome, and then like as time progressed, second, third, fourth year, months later, even years later, it's like things just broke down, and, you're, and if you've ever been in that position where it's like you go from this bliss and this glee to this despair, it's, it's kind of disillusioning, isn't it, to have a relationship break like that, and um, that's, that's, it's the same principle that, that's actually what, what's missing in, in a relationship, just like in the car world without oil, parts that are made for one another can destroy one another. Here's what I'm going to propose today, that without character, people who are made for one another in the end can end up destroying 
one another. We're going to say it like this, that character is the oil or like oil for relationships. Um, without it, we can end up destroying one another. But if we have character and we, we, we put a bunch of, you know, if we're people of character and we're growing in character, relationships seem to work. Character is something that we talk about actually fairly often here at Colorado Life Church. I'm not going to go into de great detail in to define it, but I will say this. This is what character is. Character is the will to do what is right no matter what the cost. The character is this desire, this, this resolve to do what is right no matter what the cost. And we've, we actually did a whole series on this early this year, so I'm not going to belabor it. But, but we are very interested in the character of other people around us. We are very interested for our coworkers, our family members, our friends, our spouses to be people of character, to come through on what they say they're going to come through on, for their yes to be yes and their no to be no. <laughs> the problem is, and the irony is, when it comes to our character, we're a little bit more lax and lenient, aren't we? <laughs> we're, a little bit, you know, we're a little bit quicker to justify why we weren't able to come through or why I was late from fishing two, maybe three hours and why you, know, like you just didn't know what my day looked like. And, and that's the irony of it. Is it's, it's difficult to see our own lack of character, but your lack of character, I can see clear as day. And I'm going to make sure that you know about it because I'm not sure you see it. So let's bring it up and let's talk about it. And, and here's, here's the problem. And we've said this before. If, you, if, you, if this is your home church, you've heard me say this before. I can't do anything about your lack of character. I can yell at you. I can, I can make it known that you're, you, you, are le you, know, you let me down. And I can, I can try to encourage you to change, but there's nothing I can do to change your heart. On the flip side, I can change my heart, and you can change your heart, and you can work on your character, and I can work on my character, and therefore and it, it minimize the amount of conflict that you and I have between each other. Because here's the bottom line for today. Here's, here's what I want us to know, and here's where we're going. The best way to prevent conflict tomorrow is to grow in character today. That the best way for us to, to prevent conflict from even happening between us is tomorrow is for us to, to grow and pursue character today. The last time we were together, we talked about all about conflict resolution. It was actually kind of fun. We talked about eating pie. Do you remember that for those of you who were here? We said that conflict is like pie. It disappears when everybody eats their piece. We did this right before Thanksgiving. It was perfect because I wanted you guys thinking about it during Thanksgiving. But conflict's like pie. It disappears when everybody sits down with forks, when families sit down with forks and say, you know what part of the problem is? I I'm part of the problem. And, this is, this is, and they cut their piece of the pie and they say, I, you know, I own my fault. I, I, I take responsibility for what I did or what I said, or I, I fess up to my anger, my petty actions in the time of conflict, and I take responsibility. See, conflict is just part of family. It's what we do with it and what it causes us to do with it that, that when we get in trouble. When, when, when families apologize, when they eat their piece of the pie, conflict just kind of disappears. Uh, when we sincerely and honestly say, you know what, I, I, I did this and that hurt you, we can make conflict disappear. That's conflict um, um, uh, resolution. Today I want to talk about conflict prevention. Because wouldn't it be great if we didn't have it? Wouldn't it be great 
to not have to eat as much pie. Okay, not the real pie. Like that's, I, I got some, yeah, I got the opposite of whatever the opposite of an amen. I just got that from you guys. Um, wouldn't it be great if there was less strife, there was less turmoil, there was less conflict in our families? And I would propose that if we want to do that, that the best way to prevent conflict tomorrow is to grow and become people of character today. That if you and I grow in character today, it's the, actually probably the best thing that we can do for our families tomorrow. Because character acts like oil in relationships. So today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture from, from the New Testament um, that, that talks, that, that's going to help us grow, in, uh, actually it's going to help us assess our character. It's going to be like kind of a character assessment. And I'm not sure what your experience is with reading the Bible or whether you found it helpful in the past, but I'm telling you, when you come to the Bible with the question, how can I become a person of character? How can I grow in character? Can I just say that the Bible comes to life? Like, it, it, it truly does. Like, the, the Bible has a lot to say about character. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, got, it's loaded with stories of people who had character. And honestly, it's probably loaded with more, more stories of people who didn't have character. And those are almost more helpful sometimes, aren't they? Where you start reading about the bad guy, and you're like, oh, I do that sometimes. And you start to see your own lack of character and somebody else's lack of character. That, see, the Bible is very, very helpful. It's full of wi- wisdom literature, the Proverbs, the Psalms, that talks about how we can become wise and, and people, you know, people of character. Um, all throughout the Old Testament, there's the, uh, the nation of Israel, and we can learn from, from their mistakes and become people of character. And then you get to the New Testament, and you find this guy named Jesus. And, and through Jesus, it's like, it's almost like God was saying this, it's God's way of saying this is what perfect character looks like. I mean, think about what Jesus did allowing himself to be nailed to a cross and, 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 and the character he showed to, to, and the resolution he showed to see that through. And in so many other ways, we see that Jesus is, is, his, is the embodiment of pure character. And we can strive towards that when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. After you get Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the rest of the New Testament is a bunch of letters that early Christians wrote to other Christians. And in those letters, you'll find lists um, that of, of, you know, love, of uh, you know, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith. Whenever I w- was reading the Bible, especially like growing up as a kid, if I was reading the Bible, I would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. i get to those lists and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd kind of just blow right past them, right? Because it's like, well, let's, what else is here? And then I've discovered that actually in my later years, I've, I've come to discover and appreciate these lists as very important. And when I see a list, I actually slow down now. And here's the reason why. I think lists can act kind of like a mirror when we get to them and, and when, when we start reading them. Hold on, I don't want to shine you in the face, but so I'll go like this. They can act kind of like a mirror to us. When we're, we're reading, if you, you open the Bible and you get to a list, it's our chance to say the, to ourselves, okay, heart, is, is, is my heart able to mirror back what I'm seeing on this paper? 
is, am I able to reflect, am I a person, would I, would I be, a, here's another way to look at this, would I be a person, the type of person that my loved ones would describe this way? <laughs> and it's kind of a mirror, and just like mirrors, sometimes you don't like what you see in the mirror. But it's good to look, it's good to know. And so today, I want us take us into 1 Corinthians, and there's, in, in the chapter 13, there's, there's a list in there that I want to, to act kind of like a mirror. I'm going to hold it up for you today. I want you to look in the mirror and see if you can reflect back the characteristics, the attributes that are on here. This is the list. It goes like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It isn't proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. So that's the list. If you're like me, when I see a list like this, I start thinking about you. <laughs> and all the ways you aren't this list. But, but, but listen, listen. To, if we are a people who are pursuing character, we, we need to, to put all that aside and we need to look into the mirror ourselves. So let's read it again. Love is patient. Love, in other words, love is, is comfortable giving people the space that they need in order to figure things out. You got your kids, if you're a parent, and they just, you know, they can't figure something out, and you just want to, like, tell them, come on, let's go. Fig love is patient. It gives people the, 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 the space that they need in order to figure out what they need to figure out. Love is kind. Another good word for kind is considerate. Love, in other words, love takes into consideration others' feelings, others' bad days, others' where they're at. It takes in consideration our words, our decisions, our tone in, as we interact with one another because love is kind. It's considerate of one another. It does not envy do you know what envy is? Envy is simply this. I don't feel so good about myself right now, so I'm not going to let you feel good about yourself. <laughs> envy is us looking at other people and wanting what they have or being dissatisfied with what you, they have. And it's, if it's something that I don't have, I'm going to make you suffer for it. It's kind of rude, isn't it? It's okay, and see, love is okay with other people feeling good about what they have, even if you don't have it yourself. Love does not boast. It doesn't do the one-upping thing. <laughs> love says, wow, a lot. Wow, what, you ran a, a whole 5K? And you might have just done a marathon the day before, but you don't bring that up because it's their moment and you're going to let them, wow, have their moment because love doesn't boast. It is not proud. 
It doesn't, in other words, love doesn't think more of itself than it ought to. It doesn't think more of itself than it should. It's humble. Love does not dishonor others. To, to be a loving person means you don't talk about people when they're not around in a way that degrades them and discredits them. That, that, and, and it causes other people around you, you know, as, as you're talking about them, to think less of them because of your words. Love does not dishonor. Love has deep respect for other people. Love is not self-seeking. In other words, if, I, if I'm going to love you, I will never use you in order to gain something for myself. I will never push you down in order to lift myself up because I'm not self-seeking. On the contrary, if there's a way that I can go first and, and, or hold the door, if there's a way that I can leverage what I have, we talked about this in the last couple of weeks, leverage, you know, like leveraging uh, uh, what we have for one another. If there's a way that I can do that for you, I will do it because love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It is not short-tempered. I'd like to go quickly through that one, please. <laughs> it keeps no records of wrong. Love doesn't do scoreboards. Love doesn't, you know, do the whole thing that, you know, I got the kids on Tuesday and Thursday, and today's Friday, so you get the kids. And if you have any questions, look at, you know, see chart A, <laughs> you know? Here's the chart, and it's your turn. Love doesn't keep, and on the flip side, it doesn't keep records of wrongs. It doesn't have a chart for, okay, do you remember in 1998 when you did this? No, it just doesn't go there. It keeps no records of wrong. So there's the mirror. How'd you do? How do you feel? Still glad you came to church this morning? You think you got it bad. I got to preach this stuff. My family's here. And just this, you, you should see them the whole time. They're just going like this. My, my staff is here in the room. They're snickering. They're just laughing. They're like, wait till we get you next week. It's hard, isn't it, to look in the mirror. Sometimes you don't like what you see. But here's the silver lining. This is so, this is so cool. I love the Bible. This is, this is 1 Corinthians 4 and following, or 13, 4 and following. Look at verse 8. After it says all this, it says, love never fails. This kind of stuff works. This is promised like, you know, I can imagine Paul writing this, and he's like, you know, love is this, and love is that, and he's like, man, this, that works. That you and I commit to growing in these things. Every time that we grow and become a person of more character, what we're doing is we're just doing a little pshht. We're just injecting a little pshht oil into the relationship. Pshht. I'm going to be patient even though I'm really frustrated now. Pshht. Oh, here he comes. He's going to do it again. Pshht. 
Every time we do that, it's like injecting just a little bit of oil, a little bit of character into the relationship, and it works. And, and see, here's the thing. All of us have seen families that we're envious of. I feel like, like especially when we were kids, there was that one family that we just loved going over to their houses. It's just a good place to be, right? And the, there, there's love between the mom and the dad and the kids, and, like, and it's just a good place to be. Guess what? It's not rocket science. It's not magic. They don't have Dr. Phil on speed dial. <laughs> it's, it's not anything like that. It's actually much simpler than that. Show me a family that works, that loves to be together. And if you, if you cut them open, what's going to come out is a bunch of this, a bunch of patience and kindness. Go ahead and put that up again. Goodness, faithfulness. No, that's a different verse. But that verse works too. <laughs> The, you know, you'll see them honoring each other, not envious of each other, supporting one each other. We, a few years ago, we asked, we asked this question of, of, um, of, of youth. I was working with Young Life at the time, and we, we said, hey, what do, you, what do you guys want out of family? Like, what do you want out of family? And the number one response, it was overwhelming. We couldn't believe it, was we, it, a good family is a family who has your back. You know, that's, that's what we want out of our friendships, out of our relationships. I just want people to have my back. That's how we get there. This is how we get there. You just inject a whole bunch of this into your relationships, and they will run smoothly. Can you fix your family overnight by being kind? No. I mean, let's be honest. That's that's not going to happen. But character, all I know is this. Character is like oil for relationships. And, and, and as you and I commit to grow in character and patience and kindness and humility, it injects oil into our relationships. And because of that, there's less friction. There's less heated conversation. There's less conflict to begin with. And even if, if your family doesn't follow suit, just by you doing it, it will help run it smoothly. And, and frankly, remember, you're the only one that can do anything about you. So here's what I want to do. I want you to pick one of those and work at it for 24 hours. Don't pick more than one. Don't do the overachiever thing. You'll, you'll be frustrated by the time you go to bed. Just pick one, okay? And, and I want you, in fact, let's do that right now. Like, I'm not moving on until everybody picks one. It, it, I'm going to give you a second here because this is important. I want you to pick one. Everybody got it? I want you to pick that. I want you to work on it for 24 hours. Keep it in mind as you interact with your family. Because the best, and, 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 and here's the other thing. As you try this, I don't want you to do this alone. I want to be really careful that, that you don't try to do this by yourself. Because here's the thing. The best way to prevent conflict tomorrow is to grow in character today. Because character is the oil of relationships, Right? Do you know that the way the best way to grow in character is? To humbly come before the God who made you, the God who is love, the God who is patient and kind and not easily angered and doesn't keep, he forgives us, who's rich in forgiveness. That God, the best thing that we can do to grow in character is to come humbly before that God and ask him to change our hearts 
and fill us up with this stuff. That's what I propose to you today because, because when we're talking about changing hearts, the truth is we can't do it on our own. Now, I know some of you are pushing me back, but like, no, 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 no. See, I kicked a habit that one time, or like, I've improved, and you know, like, I've done self-improvement. Like, it's true. I, I believe in that kind of stuff. I believe we can, we're not totally helpless. You know, like, we can, we can, we can do a, we can make a, a better version of ourselves. But when you're talking about fundamental heart change, changing your heart, this is something that I think is above our pay grade. See, the message of Christianity is, that we need more than just a little help. We need a savior. We, we need uh, more than just, just a hand. We need a hero. We need a savior. And if you're not a Christian, maybe this is the reason, one of the reasons why you're not a Christian is because, because that's a bold statement. I understand that. It's maybe even offensive. But here's the message of Christianity. that we are mistake, we're not just mistakers. We're sinners. And that sin, that lack of character, that lack of oil has crept into our relationships and has destroyed our relationships with one another and also destroyed our relationship with God. Therefore, we need more than just a tweak. We need more than just a a slight change. We need more than when we come to God to be like, hey God, I just need a little consultation here. (laughs) I need more than, I need... I I just need you to point me in the right direction. We need more than that. Because maybe, um, I understand, like, maybe you have a problem with this because it's so belittling or or disparaging, but here's what I was thinking about this week. If self-help worked, wouldn't it have worked a long time ago? (laughs) I mean, we're, we're smart people. Do you, do you, like, and we put our efforts into this. Don't you think we, we would have figured it out a long time ago? You know, if, if humanity is at its heart and at its core good, shouldn't this world be a lot better, safer, cleaner place to be? <laughs> or is it possible that this world is broken? And that we need, this world needs more than just help, it needs a savior. And that the best thing that we can do is come before the all-powerful creator of this world, the, the God who created us, who longs for us to have these relationships, who, ma- who made us for it. It was his design and his desire from the beginning. Maybe we should come to him and ask him to fill us up, to meet us in a brokenness. And as you try to navigate with your family and grow as a person of character, is it possible that the very best thing that you can do for yourself and your family is to invite him in to restore your character? What might happen in you as he works in you? What might happen, and here's the other thing, what might happen to our faith as we see him work? And what might happen in our families as we pursue this hand in hand with the God of the universe, asking him to fill us up, asking him to forgive us of of, of the way we've hurt one another and the way we've hurt him. What would happen? Next week, we're going to 
finish this series, um, can I just say it's one not to miss? Uh, it, this has been a really good series. I, I'm excited, and we're really excited for what's coming the rest of today with baptisms. Um, come, come in two weeks to church. Let, let, let's pray. Father, we admit that we fall short um, of your standards. Heck, Lord, we fall, we fall short of our own standards, of our own longings and desires to treat the ones we love better than we do. It, we, we often fall short of that. Forgive us, Lord. Father, would you fill us up with your perfect love, with your patience, with your kindness? Would you guard our hearts against anger and envy and pride and the strife that's in our families? Would you transform our character, making us better husbands, better fathers, better brothers, better sisters, better mothers, and better wives? Would you begin to mend the brokenness of our families by first changing our own hearts? We need that, Lord. Meet us, meet us where we are today. I pray that these, these next moments would be extremely uplifting, Lord. And that we would be better people because of it. In your name, amen. Ushers, you may come forward and you may stand.